coming from a big scale business, everything, including your name out there, advertising, things like that, all done by professional department. And suddenly when you're a small business, you're one one-stop shop. Welcome back to the Business Behind Your Business podcast, where we have the conversations to help your business grow and thrive. And look, we love to bring those conversations to you where we share our experience, our tips, our case studies, and lots, lots more to help you run a great business. I'm your host, Paul Sweeney, and today I'm being joined by Wendy Minet. And look, Wendy's here because we've received a lot of requests from our listeners to hear more stories from other business owners about how they've made that transition from being an employee to starting and running their own business. We're really happy to have Wendy on board today. So, Wendy, welcome to the show. Thank you, Paul. Thank you. It's great to have you here. And look, Wendy, you run a company called Novamentus, which is business change and leadership coaching. But prior to that, you spent a very long time working for a multinational company, Schneider Electric, in various roles, including general manager, executive general manager, vice presidents, heading a lot of different high-level roles with a lot of people reporting to. During that time, you would have learned a lot during those different roles and who you were working with and different areas, but you would have gone through a lot of change in the way the business structures and operates in 18 years. Has that sort of helped with you identifying what you wanted to do with your business? It has to a degree because every time you face change, it's really to sit down and look at what you're looking to change, what outcome you want especially, and then to build the plan. But without knowing the outcome and where you want to end up, change doesn't, it often doesn't succeed. It did help me in stepping out into building my own business, but the two worlds are very, very different. And so while it helped me think of what was coming and how to work my way through it, my previous experience really was not that helpful in the new world okay. um, just because of such, it was such a change. Right. I see. You've worked in a lot of leadership roles and mm. of, probably with some quite strong teams behind you and resources there, uh, and you moved into running your own business. Now, your business is Business Change and Leadership Coaching. Now, let's just clarify, when we say you're doing coaching, you're t- coaching individuals as opposed to business coaching which we hear a lot about but you want to tell us a bit more about what you do with your with your personal coaching yeah so most of it is coaching individuals who are in business so most of the people I coach are within corporates of various sizes but it's people working in that environment that I know well and that's why coaching them I can see their background I can understand what goes on for them and I can help them to see what they're not seeing and help them to anticipate what's coming and even help them to know what resources they should have around them that they can leverage. So it's because I've come from that environment, it's helping people to see what's there, how they can navigate it and be successful for themselves and the business. Yeah, that's great. So the area of business that you've gone into was something that you're very familiar with and obviously you enjoyed it because you've kept going in that area. Was that critical to starting a business? I had various thoughts when I was thinking of doing something and various inputs from different people, including my husband. But I felt that to continue my journey, for want of a better word, was the best way forward for me, rather than stop and go into a totally foreign area. Going to small business is change enough, but going into a small business in an area I don't know, for me it was, well, 
I'm not setting myself up for success here. There's just too much that's different. So at least having some connection to where I came from and some skills I could put to use straight away, it has made it um, easier. Right. Okay. So that, that's that's good because you've gone into something where you haven't had to learn a new skill at the same time as learning how to run a business. Yeah, I did have to actually go and train as a coach and learn that skill, hone that skill. But the people I coach understand their environment. It's not a foreign environment for me. It's very familiar. Right. Okay. So so even though you you were skilled in that area, you've had a lot of experience, but to be able to to formally train others, you needed to go through a certification process? Absolutely. The difference between leading and coaching is leading very often you are directing people, you are trying to get them to follow what you want. Coaching is the flip side. In coaching, you're using questions and inquiry to help people find their way through. So the difference between coaching and mentoring, for example, is a mentor tells. A mentor will explain how the business world works. Coaching, you're encouraging the person to discover for themselves what's around them, what resources they could leverage, and it's really a process of helping them help themselves through your questioning. The business background really helps me because I know what should be around them and I can just gently probe and see what's there. How did you get the idea or, sorry, what prompted you to actually leave the corporate environment and start a business? What was the driving force behind that? With the corporate environment, I was at a point where the next role was offshore and I just was not willing to do that. Um, It meant leaving my daughter on her own and taking my husband away from his job. And I just said, well, I'm of an age where I really could and should be considering stepping out. However, I was not at a point where I was ready to do nothing. I was thinking around and actually spoke to my coach when I was thinking of making this change. And it was my coach who first suggested and said, you should think of going coaching. Because with the background and the experience and also um, having an idea of what coaching was all about, because I used coaches during my career, and that's where the suggestion came from, and it just went from then. I actually went and got the first certification and started looking for people to coach and get going. Yeah. So you had to go through that certification process first. So there would have been a time period where you've come out of that role, all those roles that you had, then had to do that certification process before you could start earning income? The certification, unfortunately with coaching, the certification is not essential. A lot of people go and coach without certification. The reason I went down the certification path is I wanted to do it correctly and make sure I was really coaching and not uh, moving to blending into mentoring or telling. The other thing is for professional indemnity, because as a professional coach, I take indemnity insurance. And I just want to set myself up for success and also to make sure that whatever I did with the clients are setting them up for success. So with the professional indemnity, I'm also a member of the International Coaching Federation, which is a professional body, global. And if people have an issue with anything I've done, they can actually go back to their professional body. They have a very strong ethics. 
with coaching, one of the strongest ethics is confidentiality. That's what's in the conversation stays there for the people you're coaching. <clears throat> they, you know, no problem for them to talk, but as a coach, it's a very, very confidential conversation that stays with you. So with all that, certification is, I guess you say, to a degree voluntary. A lot of people coach without it. And there's actually levels of certification, and I have continued to do that. Being part of the Federation as well, you have to keep upgrading. There's regular upgrades as well. So it just brings that professionalism, which I prefer, and allows me to present as a professional coach. So one of the things we encourage our listeners to do is to make sure that they know the person they're dealing with and they know that the person they're dealing with has their relevant experience and, and has the qualifications to be able to deliver the service that they're getting from them. Unfortunately, we see too many coaches out there that have not had any training and have unfortunately given bad advice but also don't have the insurance or the backing of those professional bodies behind them so a lot of business owners have unfortunately been burnt in the past with that but is there an awareness do you think of people your clients the difference between a certified and a not certified coach possibly not enough because every time i have a first meeting with a client I go through that and I'm very clear with them. They've got any issues with my coaching that can actually go to the professional body and make a complaint. I also explain to them as far as the professional body is concerned, one of the top ethics is confidentiality. Uh, as coaches who are members of a federation, there are other bodies as well. It's part of our, I guess, our responsibility to help people understand that. So when they are looking for a coach, they have better understanding of what they should be looking at and, and you're right there's a coach is a very broad word and in business it's, it's broad as well you know some people who would describe themselves as coaching actually do give advice whereas a professional coach would never give advice hmm. yeah thanks for that making that distinction it's really helpful okay so it's not necessarily a strategic uh, uh, sorry a marketing advantage because a lot of people don't understand the the need for certification there but was it an obstacle getting clients? What kind of obstacles did you face when you first started? Uh, the biggest issue in getting clients is reputation because with coaching, you're selling yourself. You're not selling an organisation. So it's actually, you know, it's presenting yourself. Initially, I thought, you know, to go directly to people and to organisations, but I've actually joined up with some coaching companies because it is a lot easier with these large organizations where they're attracting corporates. And it's really hit the sweet spot for me because these larger coaching organizations have relationships with big corporates. And then within them, you put your profile up uh, and the clients that come through actually select you. And that's where it becomes a personal relationship. Again, a client who's looking from one of the corporates, looking for a coach, goes through all your portfolios and they select you and normally have a introductory meeting to check they're comfortable with you. In that organisation, and even just as a standalone coach, that's always so important, just have that first meet and greet, get to know the client, and make absolutely sure they're very comfortable with you and they're very comfortable to work with you. That relationship is key. So uh, a couple of points you mentioned there. The first one was how do you actually reach out to your potential customers and how do you just make yourself known? And I think you, you've really hit on it there is that as an individual, you can only approach so many different organisations and there's a lot of cold calling that's possibly involved. And 
the number of cold called emails I get per day, <laughs> you know, they don't get a lot of, of my time and attention. But to when the customer is knowing that they need the service or the product and they know where to go to look, if that connects you quickly, then that's a, certainly a strategic advantage. The other thing you mentioned there is that first meeting where you're making sure that the, the customer is comfortable to work with you but i think also in that meeting you're making sure that you want to work with that or you can work with that customer absolutely absolutely i don't put it that bluntly but it is a check-in to see if i feel that we can work together i will say that it's very very seldom that i feel it's going to be difficult to work with someone and it is my job as coach to actually help them understand what they need to bring and help them to do that But yeah, that check of the relationship that you can build is very, very important for the coaching process. Otherwise, it's going to be very hard on the coach and the person you're coaching might not be happy with the results at the end. Yeah, yeah. So there's that safeguard there. So I think really in your particular industry, the person looking at probably a bit lot more aware of what, what the needs are, maybe compared to some other startup businesses. But I think one of the key things here is that you are making the decision about what clients to work with. And we see a lot of startup businesses where they just take any kind of client without having that scrutiny about whether they can work with this person and deliver the service or whether they actually are comfortable dealing with them. So um, I think that's a good thing to be able to vet your clients up front and make sure that they are the right type of person to work with. We see so many businesses start working for the wrong kind and then all of a sudden they're there's a disaster later on because they're not profitable or they have issues with them or there's that conflict there. So very important to work with the right type of client. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, for me, also from a professional point of view, that they're absolutely clear what they're getting. That's great. So, Wendy, you mentioned a very big difference between working in corporate and then starting your own business. What were some of the other differences that struck you when you first started? Uh, I actually smile when I think back on it because, you you know, you're a total newbie. And fortunately, very, very early in that adventure, I used a professional photographer to get some photographs and she mentioned the business chamber. Right. Um, and that really, really was so helpful because rather than battling alone or actually just picking up bits and pieces, it was almost a new tribe to join. There was like-minded people all trying to develop and grow their own business who most most of them have come through this journey at some stage. And for me, it was really, really helpful just being amongst like-minded people. Even though the businesses that were delivering were very different, the common theme was small business, small business trying to grow. And there was a lot of support. I had so many conversations with people, people shared openly. And equally, you know, being part of that, you give support back when you see someone coming through that journey as well. But I would actually absolutely recommend to anyone starting in a business, especially if they're not in their own field or not worked in small business before, getting that support, it's invaluable. Mm. So the local business chambers are a great source of help there. What were some of the things that you really got help with that were outside your, I guess, your your area of expertise that you probably came across for the first time running a business? Coming from a big-scale business, everything, including getting your name out there, advertising, things like that, were all done by a professional department. 
and suddenly when you're a small business, you're one one-stop shop. How much money do you invest in different things? How much money do you invest in advertising? Do you invest in advertising? Do you need a web page? And if you do build one, what's important on it? Because you're not a big business with a big brand anymore. You, you just, you're the, the person, you're the business, you're the face of the business. And so many of those questions where, you know, it's, it's how much do you invest? Where do you invest it? How do you get the best bang for your buck? And where do you put your effort? And where will you not get results from it? Being part of the business chamber and talking to different people, hearing the experience, it might have been experienced in a different field, but you can really glean from that where you best able to make your way quickly. And people in such an organisation, because you're a member of it, they're very generous with this sharing and you tend to learn very fast in that environment rather than trying to discover it by Google and working your way through it having the opportunity to have some of those quick conversations that happen so often. It's really helpful. Yeah. So when you started, did you have any goals about how long it would take you to start earning the level of revenue that you needed or your target revenue for the business? Um, Vague ones, but not, not definite. I knew it was going to take some time. My motivation was also not so much how much I earned. My motivation was to keep engaged to enjoy doing what I was doing. You know, if I didn't enjoy doing it, I might as well go work for another corporate. So I was trying to actually find my own way, prove to myself I could get a small business up and going and to feel very engaged with what I was doing. Mm. And and did it take as long as you thought or are we talking one year, three years, five years? To get to a level where I could live on the income, probably three years. I didn't feel that pressure, though, because I had the advantage of having retired, so I didn't feel that pressure. But I absolutely can understand how people go into small business who do need income straight away. You know, it's really tough, especially when you've stepped into a different world. So I really have a lot of empathy for people who – and admiration for people who step off that cliff. Yeah. It's not easy. Yeah. So what what kind of advice would you give to somebody that was thinking of starting their own business, having gone through the experiences you've been through? I would suggest to them that they really need to know the area they're heading into, if it's different to what they've done before. If they've been in that area before, the transition is probably not so bad. But if you're going to a different area like I did, know where you're going, know what's possible there, know what's available there. I'd also suggest that, you know, you sort your finances before because if you know how long it's got to be before you actually earn, you you can measure yourself as you go. Whereas if you just do not clear on that, I can imagine the pressure would be intolerable of just can't find the customers, just can't get them to sign up. It's hard and the more – stressed you are, the more frantic you are, the probably it's the harder to find clients because they can sense it. They can they can sense that desperation. Um I've been in a fortunate position of not being in a position where I feel I'm overselling to anyone. But if you setting up you know your parameters, you know what you're prepared to risk, you know what you how long it's going to take you and you're working within that, hopefully it takes pressure off. 
just plan it. That's all I can say, plan it carefully. Yeah, thanks for that. That's really helpful. Was there any kind of resource or useful piece of information, maybe a book or something that helped in that process? Or you mentioned the business chamber before that that was quite helpful in running past ideas and getting feedback from other people and getting support. Was there anything else that really helped get you across the line? I think you mentioned talking to your business coach or not, not so much your business coach, but the person that coached you beforehand. Yeah, I think if you can connect with some of the people in the industry who are entering. For example, when I first started doing coach training, I networked very hard with other people training and coaching. And we actually at a point formed a group of us and we were meeting on a regular basis to share how we're going, where we're feeling challenged. That was really helpful. So that was like-minded people from a delivery point of view. And to this day, I'm good friends with one of the people I met at that point. So recognizing I was changing tribes, I did reach out in the coaching industry and meet and keep contact with and share with people delivering the same product, for want of a better word. And that was very, very helpful because there was, again, trust and open sharing and what works, what doesn't work, you know, how to take the next steps, recommendations, yeah. It was really helpful. You know, when I talk it through with you, it was almost by default that I immersed myself in the um, skill that I was going into and then equally with the business chamber. And between those two, not only was it helpful, but I felt very supported and I didn't feel alone. Oh, good. Good. Because I think some of the feedback I get from business owners is that it is a very lonely role running a business and Mm. and without that support it can feel like the weight of everything is on your shoulders so Mm. yeah it's great to hear that you did get that support you did have that network and and you mentioned you did a bit of that networking before you actually started the business yeah i did when i was doing the coach training that's where it started the coach training i did was done in three parts and it's especially the third the highest level that the contacts really those are the people serious about it and there was a lot of conversations between us. We used to meet once a month at a point, just talking, sharing. It was pre-COVID, so we used to meet face-to-face. There was really a lot of trust and open sharing in that group, just amazing. And I was surprised how easy it was to get the group together. It's just by sticking up my hand and saying, hey, how about we keep connected? I'll take responsibility for running the meetings, either finding facilities to do it or on WebEx. And, you know, we kept going for some years. So sometimes it's not what do I need, it's what can I bring to get what I need. Yeah. Yeah, great. Fantastic. Well, Wendy, that's been really helpful and informative and I think a lot of our listeners would also appreciate your openness in sharing your experience in starting a business and what worked really well. There's some good points there, particularly about it's not a solo journey. How running a business shouldn't be a solo journey, so get some help and whether that's through your business chamber or like-minded individuals in your industry i think we've got past that stage of everybody's a competitor i think there's a lot more collaboration which is great to see so wendy look if our listeners want to follow you up or maybe get some coaching themselves how do they reach out to you what's the best way they can email me i've got a website yeah great we'll we'll put those contact details in the show notes and they'll be available um 
in the notes in your podcast app or on the businessbehindyourbusiness.com website for anybody to see. And again, Wendy, thank you so much for your time today. It's been fantastic to have you with us. I know our listeners are going to appreciate listening to your conversation and hearing from you about your journey in starting a business and where you are today, because that sort of stuff is encouraging to anybody running a business and we want to help businesses grow and thrive and looking forward to having some more conversations like this one that we've had with Wendy today with some other business owners because we know that that's what our listeners want to hear so we'll continue to do that and we've also got some very helpful tips and processes coming up in coming episodes we've got some great great interviews lined up which we're hoping to share with you in the coming months so thank you again Wendy and remember if you found this helpful today then we encourage you to share this podcast with somebody else that could benefit from it and they can find the business behind your business podcast on any podcast player or anywhere where you can listen to podcasts or they can go to the business behind your business.com website and all previous episodes are available to listen to so thanks again wendy and we'll see you next time thank you